Well, hello, everybody. What's going on? How is there another new episode of We Watch Shudder? This is a terrible way to start this episode. This is what happens every time we try to do these in the middle of the day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is JD, and who's here with me? <laughs> it's Michelle. <laughs> You, it, you can't even say the journey derailed because it never railed. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> like we weren't even ever a train on the tracks. We were, we were on a bike, on a we, beach, <laughs> and our tires were not even spinning. One of these days we're going to learn that it's never a good idea to do this. Or maybe... They're my favorite episodes. May, I was going to say ones. maybe we're going to learn that this is the way we should always be doing this. Uh, I was listening to Eminem so hard that I'm sweating. So my energy is is abundant right now and I'm ready. I gotcha. So uh, as uh, literally as we were recording this, we just dropped a new episode about the glorious trash cinema classic Winter Beast less than three hours ago. Michelle, why are we back recording another episode that as they're listening to this... Uh, dropped, uh, you know, at least, you know, later that same day or maybe sometime in the... F- this is why we can't do this. Why are we here again? I will answer the question you were trying to ask. And the reason we're filming, <laughs> filming, filming, recording this is because there are too many goddamn movies and I watch too many of them and you watch too many of them and we're not going to do individual episodes. So we're just going to start doing monthly recaps of movies and shows that we saw and we liked. Mostly horror, sometimes not. Maybe some news we heard about. Uh, maybe like a really good jump scare where like a squirrel came out of a tree and you weren't expecting it and you went, wow, and you're like, that was really good. It would have won an Oscar. Um, yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways, just an excuse to get to talk a little bit about the the stuff we see and love that's not on Shudder. And just to, you know, give some bonus content to you fabulous folks out there. Uh, Completely spoiler free slash spoiler light. Right. So do not be alarmed. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to just suddenly, you know. Uh, spoil the ending of, of Resurrection for you, uh, like uh, uh, the dude who was the president of Shudder uh, who shared that uh, one article. You remember the whole situation. If you don't go listen it to It was our eight episode, months ago. You're still bitter. <laughs> yeah, if you don't go listen to our episode about Resurrection, I'll tell you all about it. Make sure you watch the movie before you listen to the episode because I spoil the same thing they spoil. But I at least gave you a spoiler warning, so there you go. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we we have no. We you see we not only did we do this in the middle of the day, but it's also a new uh, thing we're doing with an episode. We have no structure. We have no format. We're flying by the seat of our pants, which is clearly a terrible idea. Uh, do you want to start this, uh, Michelle? I would love to. Awesome. Yes. Maybe here's what I'm going to do while you. Uh, mm-hmm. Do this. I am going to take a bite of this uh, breakfast cheeseburger because I'm thinking maybe the problem is slightly low blood sugar. You go ahead okay. and talk. You do that, and then I will save my discussion one for the last of my list. So I just wanted to rattle off a couple things from 2023 that I watched in July and enjoyed. Um, finally got to check out Bo is Afraid. I'm a huge Ari Aster fan. Um, I have watched it twice now. It's weird. Uh, it's definitely a journey, and as far as I know to this day, Ariaster still has not come out and said what it means, but I am convinced I have 100% figured it out, and I know all the symbolism. So at some point, if you get me drunk with a bottle of wine, I can talk at you f- about that for a couple hours. Have you seen it, JD? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Uh, I, I have a good friend of mine uh, that I just by chance have seen uh, Ari's previous two features with who is also a big horror fan and I'm committed to not watching it until we get to watch it together but I feel like that is one where we could maybe uh, throw out uh, a bonus episode once I get a oh, chance to that. watch it uh, you know maybe just an all around kind of Ari Aster uh, discussion with the focus on Bo is Afraid uh, let's pencil that idea in for the future absolutely because this no, one I'm, I also Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like I have a lot more to say about this one than I have with his other work, because this one is such a fucking cryptic puzzle compared to the others. 
And uh, something, uh, spoiler alert for those of you who listen uh, uh, regularly, you know our plan for October this year is that uh, uh, we're going to be watching a bunch of horror shorts and, and still dropping daily episodes, but just talking about short films to give us a, uh, a little bit of a different flavor and also make it easier on us with the quantity of time we have to spend watching things to do this insane episode a day for 31 days concept. Uh, uh, one of the things we're going to watch is the original short that uh, became the Ari Aster feature film Bo is Afraid uh, as part of... Uh, a whole week of shorts just like that, where it was a short film and then it got turned into a pretty major feature. We're going to go back and watch those shorts, uh, and this is one of them. And that was the thing I yeah. wanted to tell you, and now I've told you, and once again, I've completely derailed the podcast. No, that's perfect. Uh, have you seen the Boa's Afraid short? I have not, no. Okay, okay. I, I think it will be interesting um, to get your perspective depending on which way that you watch it if you do short then full length versus full length and short i have oh, seen i i will definitely mm-hmm. see the feature long before i see the short i think okay okay interesting so i i will want your feedback because i had seen the short following hereditary i went this man only has one full length film i can get through his entire filmography it's rare that i get to say that with somebody that i like <laughs> so i went and i found every short that i could online including this one and it is, I had no idea how they were going to make a full-length movie based on the five-minute short. And I'm still not fully sure how they did it. So I'm looking forward to having this whole discussion about uh, Boa's Afraid at, at a later point. But it, it's a fun journey. I think you should watch it once, whether you like it or don't. I think it's going to be divisive. But I, I enjoyed the cryptic message. And it's also very, very funny. Um, of course, uh, I had to check out Barbenheimer uh, on... The day they both came out. I only went to Oppenheimer on the release date because the thing is the ultra screen. I only go to one theater locally um, unless it's like the classic Fargo theater, obviously, but they don't have big releases like this. So there's only one that all the theaters have uh, couches. So I only go to that one. Shout out Century Cinema. It's my favorite one. I don't even go to West Acres unless I absolutely have to. Um, But they had the ultra screen played Oppenheimer And then it played Barbie. And that didn't seem like the right order of events. So I only went to Oppenheimer on the ultra screen on drop date because I wanted to sit with that for a while before jumping into what I thought was going to be a bubblegum pink happy fest. Um, I did later see Barbie and I went, that was not the bubblegum happy fest that I thought it would be. That was a very (laughs) nuanced uh, criticism and commentary on daily life that I'm still thinking about. I didn't think it was the best movie ever like a lot of other people did, but I did enjoy it and I am fucking obsessed with the soundtrack. It is very, very catchy. Um, Have you had an opportunity to see either of those yet, JD? (laughs) No, I have not. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Well, no, and also, look, I'll be be straight with you. Uh, Neither one of those films uh, is something that I have a a terrible amount of personal interest in one way or the other. Uh, But I don't begrudge anybody their their good time. So, uh, Barbenheimer, you know, go nuts, guys. I will (laughs) say that I think I have a pretty good idea of what type of movies you enjoy. And I could really see Barbie being a surprise movie that you really like. I've had a couple of people say that sort of thing to me, which means I'll probably see it eventually. But uh, Mm -hmm. I also kind of don't want them to be right so i'm delaying the it's inevitable hamilton. as soon as hamilton possible. all over again it's probably yeah <laughs> anyway uh, yeah and then i did watch um bird box barcelona and then i of course rewatched the original bird box just a pretty cool concept glad that they brought it back the sequel was as good as the original well no the original is so good that it's really hard to but the sequel was good bird I, box I is bird is box. the Bird Box is the one with Sandra Bullock where it's like a quiet place, but they're blind instead of deaf, right? Exactly. Uh, well, not blind and deaf. That's a terrible way to describe. Blind instead of deaf. Oh, sight. They, uh, sighted instead people. Instead of hear. They, they have to. Yeah. They, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the. May, may, I, anyway, it doesn't matter. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen. I <laughs> never haven't saw. Seen the original. I never Dear saw God, Bird Jamie. Box. I haven't seen Bird Box Barcelona. Uh, okay. My hope, my hope immediately is that they continue this franchise, and it's just all centered around 
uh, places whose names start with B. Because you could have like I'd Bird Box Barcelona like or <laughs> Bird Box Boston. That would be fantastic. Bird Box Barbie. <laughs> oh, God. Bird Box Barbenheimer. Oh, God, no. Horrifying. Those aren't, those aren't um, cities, <laughs> Michelle. Get with the program. Uh, you have to see the Mar- Barbie movie, and then you'll disagree. Um, I'm going to just say a thing that I also know that you haven't watched, uh, and that's the From TV show. I got through one and a half seasons so far. I am obsessed. I I think it's only because it's, it's limited. It's not just on Prime or Netflix or one of the huge streaming services that more people haven't seen it, but I am loving it, and I wish that it was a little bit easier uh, to attain. I had to do an MGM add-on through Prime in order to get my hands on it, and oh man, it's good. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't even heard about this until you mentioned it to me, which proves that I don't do uh, a good enough job of keeping up with the horror news, and I got to do something about that probably in my life. Uh, what happened is I got a little too used to this era in, uh, this brief era in human history where uh Social media was still not like loaded down with ads and and sponsor posts and nonsense. And it was literally just people talking about things. And uh, for a brief, beautiful time, you would just learn about everything cool that was happening just by scrolling through your feed. And now that doesn't really happen. So it doesn't really happen so much anymore. And I'm super lazy. So I should... I should probably start reading Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central again rather than just waiting for those posts to show up in my feed like they used to. Man, I used to, they just everything would come to me. The news came to you for a short, beautiful time, and I got addicted to it so quickly. This has become a real midday therapy session. I think that's a pretty... <laughs> A pretty common occurrence with these episodes. I was going to say. Well, that's kind of my big list of of newer stuff anyway. I have one that I had never seen that is a 2001 release. But that one, I would be surprised. I know that you've seen other things by that creator. So I'm going to let you uh, tell me some of your things before we talk about that one. Yeah, so uh, we're talking about uh, relatively new uh, release things uh, in a similar sense. Uh, obviously, still haven't gotten around to Bo is Afraid, uh, but I did finally get a chance to catch up with uh, Scream 6. Um, uh, my uh, relationship with the Scream franchise is really uh, uh, kind of love and hate. Uh, I, I think the original Scream from 96 is, is a masterpiece. It's one of Wes Craven's best films ever. Uh, but immediately, uh, I felt like all the sequels from there, like two, three and four, uh, I, I don't even like why they, they immediate, the film immediately became the, the sort of silly thing it sought to critique and, and also, uh, sort of deconstruct in a lot of ways. Um, and, but then I finally saw, uh, last year's scream five or just scream 2022 whatever it's gonna be scream five for me just deal with it uh and i really enjoyed that movie i loved there are uh uh, there's a this incredible scene the you know it has the famous scream scene where they're breaking down like how it's a meta movie right like how it's like oh we're it's like he's creating a horror movie in the real world but there's also this element to that sequence where they kind of prefigure a lot of the the criticisms that this movie is going to get. And uh, uh, was that Ellie? Oh, yeah, you heard her. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure somebody She's walked doing... by the house. She's upset. Oh, uh, we love our dogs on, on We Watch Shudder. <laughs> we watch Shudder and we love Sometimes. dogs. Sometimes. Uh, but no, I also, I, I thought uh, it very cleverly, like, tried to move... Uh, uh, scream into a more elevated, I hate that term, kind of space where there is a little bit more uh, emotional nuance and character development. Uh, and so I was really excited to see Scream 6. Uh, and shame on me because I should have known right away that this is, this is not the kind of thing you can serialize. I think Scream is the kind of thing that could be like a like a once every 15 to 20 years you could come in and retell that story in the context of everything now that's happened since the last one. But yeah, Scream 6 just uh, didn't really work for me and I just used it basically as an excuse to say if you haven't seen Scream 5 yet, 
you should go see Scream 5. Uh, other things uh, that I, I saw that are new uh, while Michelle goes to deal with the doggy. Uh, I did also go see the new uh, A24 release that's on everybody's, uh, everybody's lips these days called Talk to Me. Uh, and Talk to Me was... Uh, it's a movie I'm kind of torn on as an exercise in horror. Uh, it's, it's horror set pieces. It's, it's real extreme sequences are really well done. It's a, it's a really slickly produced movie. Um, the story and the characters, unfortunately for me, uh, in a lot of ways felt very paint by numbers. I, I saw what they were trying to do, I understand what the story was trying to be, and it's very much one of those uh, more modern, you know, uh, metaphorical connecting things to, to trauma and generational uh, difficulties and, and real-life experiences and that sort of thing. But uh, for some reason, I was just never emotionally connected to it, and so I, I definitely enjoyed, uh, like I said, some of the horror elements of it, but overall it didn't entirely work for me. It also does that thing where, uh, well, I don't want to say that part. That's a little too spoilery. I'm glad I stopped <laughs> to, uh, to not say it. But, uh, Good. Uh, I haven't a, seen it either. A I'm lot looking of, forward to it. And, and let me hasten to say, uh, uh, first of all, A24 has earned your respect, and, and I think you should go see the movie and, and, and buy a ticket to it if, if, if for no other reason than uh, they have proven that uh, they know what they're doing. Also, tons of people are loving this movie. It's got so much buzz. It's got so much heat, you know, Every, and nobody's going to love everything. And, you know, I'm an old, crusty, cranky-ass curmudgeon, so, you know, it's probably better than than my reaction to it. But uh, And then uh, also a couple of other newer things that I want to talk about uh, that I saw. Uh, I saw, similar to Michelle, uh, not an ongoing series, but I did see a, uh, a new uh, horror miniseries. I believe it's on Prime. Uh, it's called The Horror of Dolores Roach, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, it's a little bit more uh, uh, almost... Almost like a revisiting of, a, like, it felt very exploitation horror to me. Like, it's real kind of on the nose. Uh, but if you don't take it too seriously, it's 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 super fun. Uh, it goes, <laughs> uh, there. it's one of those things where there's a moment in one of the episodes that's so over the top and so absurd that it almost makes you say, this whole series existed because they wanted to do that. And it's it like it's it's definitely not for everybody. There's some real gross stuff here. Uh, but overall the concept is pretty great. Uh, it's uh, I, I don't even want to tell you what it's about because I didn't know what it was going to ultimately be about. I just I saw something called the horror of Dolores Roach. And was like, all right, we'll check it. I honestly, I didn't even know it was a series when I pulled it up to start watching it. I thought it was a movie. And I was like, yeah, there's like six, eight episodes. And they're short. They're like half hour bits. So I threw it on. I ended up binging the whole thing in one setting. It takes about four hours. But uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention, unfortunately. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want you to move past Dolores Roach yet. Oh, did you see? Did you there? see Dolores Roach? Yes. And okay. the thing is, uh, so. That is one that Prime has figured out would probably be right up my alley. So everything I was watching on Prime, the little like 15 second trailer was that constantly to the point where I was like, I don't even want to watch this show. And I'm glad that you told me about it um, or inadvertently you probably posted about it. And then yeah. I, I saw it. And so I checked it out and I love Justina Machado in everything she does. I was a huge fan in Jane the Virgin and one day at a time um, she had. Uh, she was lead role in One Day at a Time and a pretty big role in Jane the Virgin. Um, and so getting to see her do a horror uh, character was very, very fun. And I just, I enjoy her. Um, the show was, I'm glad it was kind of a quick thing. I feel like they were able to pack everything that they needed to, to get done very quickly. And there's some good effects. There is a very gross, uh, we'll just say sexual thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> Like, it's, it's wild. It, yeah. Uh, it's just, oh my God. This <laughs> I was. I did not see that coming. No, me no neither. Pun intended. 
uh, oh. at all. Oh, anyway, guys. So that's uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, the only other new thing that I wanted to mention, uh, uh, I almost feel bad even mentioning it, except I want to make sure it's on people's radars because you can't see it anymore. Uh, they had the uh, the annual uh, Etheria Film Night selections available on Shutter in the month of July. I hope you got a chance to see them. Uh, I believe it was uh, 10 short films uh, all uh, lined up uh, together anthology style, but like not even like a, a frame story. It's just one right after the other. You can watch them all in about two hours. Uh, but there is some phenomenal stuff here. Uh, that uh, I, I think is worth keeping an eye on. I don't, unfortunately, have a list in front of me of all the specific titles, but I know that if you just go to the Etheria Film Night website, you can find a list of those shorts. Uh, they, they put them on shutter for a month, uh, and then they take them down because uh, they the, the shorts are still making the festival circuit, uh, potentially trying to find buyers to uh, or financiers to, to produce larger projects and that sort of thing, so they don't want them just out there uh, indefinitely. But if you happen to be going to a festival and you see one of those titles, I, I honestly didn't pull up a list of, of them because uh, it doesn't matter. Like, they're all great. Like It's a fantastic selection of shorts. There are some of them that I enjoyed personally more than others, but uh, definitely just go to the Ethereum Film Night website, get a list of those shorts, uh, and if you see one coming anywhere near you or you hear anything about maybe an opportunity to check them out, uh, uh, do that. I think they're all fantastic films. I have a weird comment to make. What's that? They're still on Shutter. They were supposed to leave July 31st. Ethereum Film Night 2023 is still available. Well, so go check it out now. Yeah, uh, if you... Maybe somebody forgot to take it off, but if you have not checked it out, do it now before they realize. Shutter, if you're listening, no, you're not. <laughs> Give us <laughs> oh a my few gosh. days. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it looks they're, like they they're are. totally still on there, and they were supposed to be gone July thirty first. That's so uh, check them out a, now. You got a chance, guys. Get a, it's an hour and forty seven minutes. You can watch the entire showcase. Go check it out. And it's really good. Um, all, which uh, one was all, your favorite? If you just gave like a one sentence summary. Uh, I don't remember the title of it, but uh, you know the exactly, one with, with you. You know the one, Michelle, with the tree. <laughs> the tree was my favorite too. Yeah, yeah. I like the tree one a lot. The tree yeah. was uh, was just utter madness. I love that <laughs> one. Yeah, so great. Yeah, definitely yep. go uh, go check those out while you still have a chance, guys. And like I said, find uh, yeah. uh find the list uh for the uh, the films, uh, and uh, you just do a Google search even for Etheria twenty twenty three. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, so, um, hey, I found a list. One, <laughs> my other favorite one is definitely the baby that wakes up at the same time every morning. Uh, we'll just sum it up that way. That was, whoo, that was a lot. I like that one. Yeah. The Earl King is the one that uh, we're talking about yes. with the tree. Yes. The Earl King. The tree. Uh, was, uh, was pretty, pretty fantastic. Uh, just an a, a, an incredible set of of shorts, all short films, uh, directed by uh, uh, promising up and coming uh, female horror directors, uh, and some some really awesome ideas and and voices here. Uh, I I enjoyed the hell out of this uh, this selection this year. Uh, that's pretty much all the newer stuff that I wanted to mention. I'm sure there are some things that I saw that I'm just completely spacing out because I'm terrible about taking notes. You know this, Michelle. But I'll uh, share my notes. They're very detailed. Yeah. Um, I've got two to mention. Okay. Yeah. So one of them, not a horror at all, but it's just the hardest I've laughed in a theater in a long time was Joyride with Stephanie Sue and a bunch of other people who have not been in a ton of things. Um, and it is uh, to, uh, it's to, oh gosh, which Asian identity is the film about? Is it, I want to say, hang on. It's important. Oh, <laughs> uh, the disc China. Okay. No, because it, it, it includes Korea and China and there's a whole K-pop 
like thing going on. So I was like, oh my God, I have to make sure I get it right. Um, okay, so it's uh, two women going to China. Uh, they are best friends and they basically have an adventure and crazy things happening in China. And it is, it, it lists it as just a comedy on IMDb. I laughed very, very hard, but there are some hard hitting dramatic moments. Um, it's not as. I guess I would say raunchy as the trailers and I mean raunchy in the sense of like oh it's just sex jokes there are a lot of sex jokes but um it's not just like toilet humor the whole time it's very very funny I laughed very hard it's probably like my favorite buddy road trip comedy that I've ever seen what I love right now is the few people listening who are slowly putting together hang on a minute oh Michelle not only has time to watch just about every horror movie that exists, <laughs> she also has the time to then see Barbie and Oppenheimer and Joyride. Uh, I, I don't think you understand. This, this lady does not sleep. I really don't. I run on four hours every <laughs> night. I'm also, I'm sad you brought that up because I am 25 movies behind on my July watch list. Oh I God. haven't even started on August. I'm 25 behind and it's because I threw in three TV shows, four TV shows that I had. I also watched all four seasons that are available on Hulu of Court Cam. That was my thing I watched when I was doing my job. My actual job because it was just mindless stuff on in the background. So I got through all four seasons and I think that cut into my movies because I wouldn't have been able to pay attention to movies as much while working because it was a very stressful month and I wanted to give those movies the attention that they deserve. I'm very sad. I am 25 movies behind, but it will be only 22 movies behind by the end of the night. Unbelievable. Uh, there is one uh, uh, kind of non-horror thing that I did just see recently, finally, Ooh. that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and that was uh, the newest uh, Dungeons & Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's too damn long. It's like two hours and 14 minutes, so it could have been a solid half hour shorter, and it still would have been great. But... Uh, uh, it's interesting to me because, like, you go look at Rotten Tomatoes for that movie, and it's got like a like a ninety percent positive critic score with like more than three hundred critical reviews. It's got like a ninety three percent positive audience score with it says over twenty five hundred verified user reviews. Uh, but the movie barely made its money back. It was like like nobody went to see it, and I don't understand because I thought it was super fun. Like, it very much remind like, there are some nuances to this that if you've never played D&D before, you're gonna miss. Uh, like, I'm sure a lot of people were very confused uh, by the one almost, like, like, superhero character who shows up for a little while and then disappears, and that's just a thing that happens. <laughs> like, it's so NPC, it's, like, even... Uh, like, even the dialogue in this movie, like, when one of the main characters who are ostensibly the gaming party is talking, it's a very sort of affected, just modern, cool people sort of, of dialogue, but a lot of the side characters and tertiary characters, it's very, uh, NPC, like, haughty, specific speech, it's really clever, uh, and I had a ton of fun with it, I thought it was... Just a super good time. Uh, people doing the same kind of ridiculous things that you do uh, with your your friends when you play Dungeons and Dragons, uh, because it's 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 not Lord of the Rings high fantasy, right? At least not the way I play it, and not the way most of the people I know play it. It gets really ridiculous, uh, and this is no exception. Uh, I I just I had so much fun with that movie. It was a good time. And uh, not to add to my list of things I watched in July, but I did rewatch it after <laughs> you mentioned uh, that you had watched it. And so I was like, oh, I have to go revisit that one. Um, and yeah, I 
I'm not great with like the little nuances of D&D because I got into it later at life and I just like the role playing part. I don't really care about the the actual like roll to see what happens. Oh, I'm like, sure. no, just tell me, did this thing work? Somebody else roll for me. Somebody else battle. I just want to be a crazy person living in this world. I just want like the improv aspect more than anything else. So when it comes to like the little little nuances i'm not as great at those but there are <laughs> some jokes that are very high level that even those of us who don't know D very well uh would enjoy with my favorite i feel like i can give a quick summary without people being like oh you spoiled it because it's not even a story thing um they encounter a creature and the one guy's like oh you have to be careful because uh the higher your intelligence the more likely they are to seek you out and they're highly dangerous and everybody just freezes and the creature walks right past them and the guy's like oh well that's kind of hurtful because it's like they rolled one on an intelligence check. Yeah. yeah oh like god i laughed crit, so hard just crit fail yeah it's so well that's great. hurtful it's it's yeah. just wonderful it was uh it is a good time if you uh if you even if you've only played once or twice if you have any experience with D D at all i think you'll have a good time with that movie it's you don't even really need to know D&D. It does a very good job of establishing just this general fantasy world, but then it just becomes better if you know um, the the things that they're referencing. Uh, I do have my last movie on the list if we want to cover that. Honorable really mentions, quick. important things to talk about. Have at it. Ooh. Oh, not, mine was not an honorable mention. It was just a big movie that I hadn't seen yet, so I put it last. Uh, I had never seen Mulholland Drive. Really? Really? Uh, so I decided one day I was having a very bad day. So I just went into the basement in the dark and decided to rent Mulholland Drive because I was like, you know what's going to put me in a much cheerier mood? <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> and um, throughout the movie, I was like, wow, I would never know that this is a David Lynch film because it's just kind of like a traditional thriller. Nothing's too out there. And the last half hour I went, Oh, this is a very David Lynch film. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I had to go dig into it. And one of the benefits of seeing something that pretty much everybody has seen by this point um, is that there's a lot of articles that I can then dig into of people like trying to figure out what it's all about and pointing out all these things and these similarities and over time being able to kind of point out the things that people seeing it immediately after its release would not have noticed it would be many many rewatches later and collaborative thinking and all this stuff so being able to watch it and then go read a lot about you know catching these things I did not catch was just a fun experience I really like movies where there's a lot of stuff for me to read up on after I think that's partially why everything everywhere all at once became my favorite movie immediately because I spent so long on google right after its release so that I could read so much stuff and I have barely even hit the surface. I like a movie that keeps me engaged way after the end credits roll. So did you enjoy Mulholland Drive, Michelle? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's just a very David Lynchy thing. I enjoyed being able to read up on it afterwards, kind of like Bo is Afraid. I like the things where I'm like, I don't understand what the message was or what the reality of this situation was. I always enjoyed that piece if there's something that I want to go read about after. Um, the actual movie, it's just kind of like a standard thriller for a long time. And then it gets really weird and really lynchy. And I'm not like a huge David Lynch fan, but I, I didn't hate it. It was just the weird abstract stuff that I'm not great at, but enjoy breaking down later. Sure. I, it's kind of like I watch it and that's not the part that I enjoy. I watch it just to have something to go dig into later, like Skin and Marink, where uh, not to that extent, because there wasn't as much to delve into because there's very little narrative. But I think that's why I had a better time with that than a lot of people. Uh, because I could watch it and be like, okay, well, the movie's done. That's not the part I care about. I want to go read interpretations and catch these things sure. and watch it a sure. second time. I really, really enjoy the investigative aspect of movie watching. <laughs> I have uh, I have a, uh, a couple. So I saw Mulholland Drive uh, just shortly after it, w it came out on DVD back in like 2002. Uh, there was a very brief period of time where I, uh, when I was a very young uh, cinephile and I had convinced myself 
that David Lynch was uh, was really great, and I loved him. And forty, almost forty-three year old JD will tell you that uh, uh, David Lynch is a charlatan and makes trash uh, and not the good kind. Whoa. I am not Whoa. a David Lynch fan at all. Uh, I think he's he does a lot of smoke and mirrors and weird just for the sake of being weird. Uh, what, but it's interesting to me with Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive, I, I had a, a, a real interesting relationship with for a while uh, because it was uh, a, something that I saw that I uh, had. Uh, I felt I had a pretty solid grasp on uh, by watching it. And, of course, that made me uh, all sorts of, of young movie lover arrogant where I'm like, oh, you didn't understand this? Like, I totally see what's going on here. But there's one element of this movie uh, that people because people continue to talk about the movie to this day uh, and uh, how it's uh, uh, it, it's important I think to understand that uh, it's a movie that was originally supposed to be a TV series uh, and that never the development on the TV series fell apart so a lot of the ideas got condensed into this feature film but there's this famous sequence so famous in fact that when Shudder did their 101 scariest horror movie moments of all time uh, in October of last year, they included this, but it's the the scene uh, most people uh, are familiar with. It's the uh, the the man behind Winkies, uh, and the reason it's so uh, fascinating to me is I've spent years periodically just looking around at articles and discussions of this movie, or every now and then you'll bump into a retrospective like that where people are talking about it, and everybody still refers to it as the man behind Winkies. And they talk about what it represents and, and these sorts of things, and a lot of them have a, a very close idea, at least to what I think it's all about. But I have known since 2002 something that still to this day nobody ever mentions. Nobody in that Shutter thing last October mentioned it. I have yet to find a single interview anywhere or, or, or analysis of the film that mentions it. The man behind Winkies is not a man. The man behind Winkies was played by Bonnie Ahrens, who plays the nun in those nun and conjuring movies. It's a woman. And it drives me nuts that after 20 years of analysis of this film... Nobody has apparently caught on to not just that fact, but also the significance of it. If you look in the credits of the film, she's credited simply as she's credited simply as bum, and it's Bonnie Aaron's. If you find a freeze frame of the, which is how I figured it out, my buddies and I watched the movie on DVD, and we wanted to see what was up with that, like if it was like a monster face or if it was just really dirty. So we paused it when we got to that scene, and we were looking at it, and I'm like. Hang on, that's not a guy, that's a lady. And if you feel like that's kind of spoilery, first of all, this movie has been out for 20 years. <laughs> second of all... This movie can drink. <laughs> second of all, all I've told you is that there's a thing that happens in this movie that everybody thinks is a dude, and it's not a dude. I promise it's still going to work for you. But uh, I do have to say, since I just watched it, I'm trying to look it up while um while we record and i'm just going to do it after i'm not finding it very I'm gonna quickly remind uh, remind me when we're done recording i need to go back and i am going to throw in a mild spoiler warning for mulholland drive and figure out <laughs> how far people have to skip ahead oh next time you're going to tell me that the titanic sinks oh well that's I, the that's titanic a, is a newer movie that's Actually, a mo maybe not. my point is also though that that's a movie based on historical events if you go into what? titanic not knowing the boat sinks that's Wait. on you like, leonardo dicaprio was on a huge ship that sank yes yes okay anyway the the man at winkies i think because i just watched it that a part of that might be because uh the conversation they're having in the diner ahead of time which this is very spoiler light we're still in spoiler light territory <laughs> i think he's talking about how he had a nightmare about a man behind winkies yeah he thinks it is yeah but nobody, so i think that's why <laughs> but no but but the fact that it's a woman is so significant mm -hmm. to the metaphor okay now you gotta now we gotta get into spoiler territory because i need to know what the metaphor is that i'm missing Okay, so the movie is the movie is about how Hollywood chews up and spits out actresses, right? 
Like, the first two hours of the movie is a dream sequence. Uh, it's, uh, as, and in fact, as uh, Kevin Smith's wife, Jennifer Schwalbach, pointed out to him, because uh, he wrote a, a thing about this movie just shortly after it came out because he was talking about how he didn't understand it, uh, but his, his wife was basically like, oh, so that whole first two hours is just like a like a masturbatory fantasy because of this actress who's getting herself off and then kills herself. And the whole movie is like mostly her just immediate like pre-suicidal, uh, la- like her whole life flashing before her eyes kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is... I've already where- figured out where the, the woman fits in. Yeah, yeah. because... Okay. You can continue, the, but yeah. I'm like, oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah, because the movie is about how Hollywood chews up and spits out women and destroys their lives, uh, right? And that's why it's so significant that the zombie bum behind Winkies is not a man. And nobody in that I, at least I know of, I, and again, I, I mean, I haven't done exhaustive research, but to the best of my knowledge, in 22 years of analysis, nobody has drawn significant attention to this fact, and I have known it for 22 years. Drives yeah, and me. that's clearly a very deliberate thing yeah. if you're putting yeah. in your script the man behind Winkies about how Hollywood... Uh, destroys women and then you make the terrifying jump Just, scare of that yeah. movie a woman yeah i i didn't know that um so that's and i did not catch like the relevance but yeah apparently no, you, nobody uh, they you never crack the code they never mention it in the in that 101 scariest uh, horror movie yeah. moments thing. has david a, lynch mentioned it not Does that i know, know of uh i, I would he i would know. hope he knows bonnie aaron maybe knows. not I mean, Bonnie but maybe Aaron's. she doesn't. She was just like on set. And I think, she's like, oh, the man behind Winkies can't come in. He's got the flu. Don't worry. I got it. Put me in the makeup that's, chair. <laughs> that's an even more fun uh, uh, horror tie-in, though, because, yeah, it's Bonnie Aarons, who is the nun in all those creepy nun and insidious or whatever uh, movies, Conjuring movies. Yeah, it's... Uh, those it's, are movies it's, I haven't I haven't seen any of the nun movies because I just don't care about Conjuring very much. <laughs> um, so now I am going to go back and watch them and just think about her as like the man behind Winkies the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> instead yeah. of the nun, <laughs> the man yeah, behind Winkies. It's, uh, <laughs> so well, our uh, our discussion of uh, of uh, horror things that uh, were released not through Shutter turned into a dissection of the implications of <laughs> Mulholland Drive. I'm not quite sure how I'm that happened. I'm happy with it, though. No, I'm fine, this too. this is why we're doing this. This, this has been a good time. Uh, we don't get to talk about these things because I watch too many and I don't want to bombard people with my thoughts. Spoil- Trust me, I will live tweet you if you want my live tweet. Uh, I watched all of Lord of Rings and then the Hobbit trilogy. The Hobbit trilogy is better uh, during COVID in the span of a Saturday and that felt like a fucking fever dream and I live tweeted the whole thing and apparently my opinions about those movies are wrong. <laughs> oh, speaking of, of things happening during COVID, I was just earlier today listening to a, an old episode of, a, of another podcast called Nightmare on Film Street. Uh, it's uh, one of their uh, Nightmare Alley interview episodes and they interview uh, the director and I think the producer and and then one of the, co- the, the one actress who was also a co-writer uh, of the film uh, Host, uh, and now I have to go see Host again because I just it, if if there's ever been a perfect movie for its time and place and what it does like like nobody can ever make a Zoom horror movie again because they did everything fucking cool you could do with a Zoom. Anyway, uh, you do you, you remember made... like. 12 15 hours ago how i was telling you the biggest regret of my life was not giving host five skulls yeah. <laughs> and now you're just like hey remember that really perfect movie that you gave a 4.75 well, no, to I'm, no, i mean because i was <laughs> I listening know. to this podcast episode and I they know, had all these, just sad. these insights just sad and and things but uh, oh. uh to bring it back around there's one other thing specifically that i wanted to mention uh, that I saw earlier this month. It's relatively new. Uh, Google tells me uh, it was originally released uh, in 2021. Uh, it's available right now to stream on Tubi. Uh, and the movie is called, and, and just bear with me here, the movie is called Chompy 
and the Girls. Haven't See, seen it yet. It's on my list. Chompy and the Girls is a bonkers, all practical effects, uh, just weird sci-fi horror movie uh, that is a lot of fun and is... I mean, it's not super deep, but it's also not quite as lowbrow as it necessarily seems. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I strongly suggest uh, that you guys check it out. Of course, everything available on Tubi is free with ads. Uh, Watching stuff with ads, I know, is not the most fun. I'm sure you could probably find it without ads somewhere else. But uh, it's on a lot of the the free services yeah. where you get very very minimal ads and it's yeah. totally worth it. It's less than you would get if you're watching it on TV and you don't cut anything out because of of censorship. Right. Um, so, Chompy yeah. and the Girls. I can't recommend this movie enough, uh, especially if you like uh, schlocky B sort of comedy horror. Uh, where the comedy might not be quite as intentional as you think, but uh, no, it's fantastic. I want to I want to make sure to mention it and get more people to check it out. And then after you're done watching that on Tubi, no, surprisingly, I'm not going to tell them to watch Kara's Hell. I do have to mention it though because it is my life life goal to make sure everybody has seen it. But once you're done, Tubi does have a new release called Dilf. And I have watched it, and it is not the garbage that I expected about a uh, a young woman neighbor who becomes obsessed with the dad next door who oh is God. a dilf. Oh but it's God. actually like a pretty good thriller. It's stuff we've seen before, but it wasn't bad. I was just, with a name like that, <laughs> you go in with very low expectations, and then anything that's just kind of like, meh, you're like, okay, well, I'm oh. happy with this experience. Well, I'm, I'm the last person in the world who can judge anybody for checking out a movie based on the strength of the title alone so you know i uh i uh i know exactly where you're coming from but i was hoping for a terror train of just ridiculous stuff How about midnight meat train stuff. yeah to be uh i want to send a shout out to Tubi, like especially if you're into that more uh legit indie b horror passion project kind of uh trauma full moon features kind of vibe Tubi is an incredible resource these days. I've got a pile of films in my watch list that I still need to get to there. In fact, I bet I have more titles on my Tubi watch list right now than I have on any of my other individual watch lists. And that's uh, definitely saying something. And again, you got to understand what most of what you see. These are movies that you might not get through other channels, right? They're they're not necessarily uh, the the super high budget uh, slick films, but there is so much passion here and some genuinely good stuff. Because as it turns out, surprise in 2023, technology has come far enough that even with no budget, you can still do some pretty cool shit. Uh, yeah, you're definitely not going to catch, uh, Karis Hell on Netflix ever. So Never. No. Definitely worth checking out <laughs> on Tubi. I love it. Uh, I just have to give it, oh, I was about to say I have to give a shout out to, and then I forgot her name. I'm pretty sure it was Janessa who told me about it. Um, I was going to give her a shout out for telling me about Karis Hell because, oh man, it's so much fun. But then I forgot her name and then that's like kind of the opposite effect of a shout out. So now I'm an idiot. Um... Happy Friday, everybody. Host deserved five skulls. Uh, I don't remember names. Uh, I don't remember the ethnicities of the women from Joyride when it's such a huge part of the plot, but I did see it a month ago. <laughs> um, I'm just forgetting everything except you for what I saw because I write them all down. Yep. That's fair. Yep. Now so, it's therapy for me. How do we go full circle? So now, so the time- my issue with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we could be here forever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, here's the. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this little. We're gonna try to do this once a month where we go back and talk about uh, stuff that isn't necessarily shutter releases or little things that uh, 
uh, we've we've heard about that or seen that we wanted to, to share with you guys. Uh, if it uh, if it gets a, a decent amount of traction and you guys are really enjoying these things, uh, you know, shoot us a message. Let us know what you saw this month that you thought was good that we should be checking yes, out. Yes, please. Uh, if you recommend a movie to me, I will watch it. Yeah, Any for sure. I am recommended unless you send me like these are my 100 top movies. Although my friend just did that and I did watch everything on her list. Most um, es- most yeah. especially right now, though, we definitely need those recommendations for horror shorts to put on our schedule for Spooktober coming up in this later this year so if you have a favorite horror short film uh and it'd be really helpful if you could uh hook us up with a, a link to watch it online if it is available uh we would appreciate that we'd love to talk about uh, uh any horror shorts that you feel were good enough or or uh, interesting enough in some way to take a moment to suggest them to us do you have anything We've else some good we, oh, I was we just have. Say, we got some good suggestions from Instagram. Our our fam over there, apparently, Dad, Kyle, a whole bunch of people have messaged us. So thank Neat. you, Insta fam. Uh, I was gonna say something else, but I forgot, and I can't believe we managed to do 50 minutes. I thought this was gonna be a quick like. This was a good movie. What's that's your ex- list? So it's exactly that's pretty cool. It's exactly what we said about the Winter Beast episode just <laughs> earlier today. We've done two God damn, it, damn near beast. two hours of podcasting in the last 12 hours. What the heck? Oh, uh, that's exhausting. Fantastic. We're committed to our craft. Some of you, <laughs> some of you love us, and we love you too. Others are like, how do they? What make it? it I, it's very. They confusing. love us more than I hate myself, and that's saying something. Absolutely. All right, guys, keep your uh, um, uh, keep your ears peeled for more. Say good afternoon, Michelle. <laughs> good afternoon, Michelle. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media, your home for all of today's Rat Factoryist podcasts. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of We Watch Shudder are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Rat Factory Media. But wait, aren't Rat Factory Media and We Watch Shudder the same people? Shut your cake hole, Charlie. Nobody asked you. We Watch Shudder is available free on all major podcast platforms, and the easiest way to support We Watch Shudder is also free. Just leave a rating and review on your platform of choice. Merge your consciousness with ours on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We're at We Watch Shutter on all those social media platforms. Or find us the old-fashioned way on the web at WeWatchShutter.com or by email at mail at WeWatchShutter.com. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail at 701-566-9510. No, seriously, 701-566-9510. Try it if you dare.